Today we have myself, Devin, I'm joined by Brian and Ricky, we're just a couple of guys talking monthly, uh, talking about iRacing news and rumors, and the latest in sim racing in general. We're not iRacing pros or the fastest on the track, but we do have a passion for the sim and look forward to bringing a casual iRacer's perspective. I'm going to start things off. Uh, I started iRacing in 2013. I got tired of racing against AI and found iRacing on YouTube and thought it would look pretty interesting and thought I'd give it a try. Uh, since then, I've upgraded to a G27 steering wheel from a Logitech DFGT. Uh, I have Fanatec CSL Elite pedals with a load cell brake. And I'm only running a single screen, but I have it on a Buto Ozone. Um, I think in my iRacing career, I'd like to just find a way to get to 2,500 IR. I don't race a lot in the uh, official races, so it's really hurting me. Um, so we're going to get it to Ricky Thompson now. He's be the first guest, and then Brian Lamb afterwards. All right, guys. I got my start around 2012 when uh, uh, back then I still had dial-up internet, and just iRacing didn't really work real well. And then finally I was able to get cable internet. So first part of my career was I was a blinker. And uh, so I didn't do a lot of racing, didn't take it real serious, didn't understand the uh, IR system and SR system at the time. So I just kind of raced and did my thing and then finally once we got cable internet took it a little more serious uh i've got my hour up to about 2500 but uh that's kind of been my plateau there i do have triple monitors uh i'm running a uh, thrustmaster t300 wheel and fanatec v2 pedals i uh, also have the Oboto ozone uh, some of the software I use is iAnalyze. Uh, I also use ARX, Motec, and I just recently got Sim Racing apps. If you hadn't checked it, uh, checked out Sim Racing apps, I highly recommend it. Joel Real Timing is another one that some people use, but I like the, the pit road countdown to Sim Racing apps. So if you hadn't tried it out, check it out. Uh, Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Brian Lamb. I started iRacing in uh, 2016. Uh, I started sim racing actually in 2006 with NASCAR Sim Racing and R-Factor. I took a break in about 2010, um, and then one day just found broadcasts of iRacing on YouTube and was amazed at how it looked, so I decided to give it a try. Uh, I actually won my first race in the street stocks and uh, fell in love with it, um, and it's uh, been really fun. Uh, I had a Logitech G27 at the time when I first started. Now I have a Fanatic V2 wheel and pedals with the oval rim and the Formula Black rim. I have a four-play racing 8020 aluminum rig, uh, triple screens. Uh, my iRacing career goal is to get about 3,000 iRating, uh, but mainly uh, maintain consistency and speed and really find some great competition. And the software that I'm using is Motec, iAnalyze, and Logitech ARX. All right, awesome, guys. And uh, 
I guess here in this first show, we're just going to talk about some of the new content coming up. Uh, some more, some of the more recent patch notes. Uh, we're going to talk about the new UI, uh, some of its pros and cons. There's good and bad for it. We're going to talk about when and how to protest because I've seen people protest things that they really shouldn't protest. Uh, we're going to talk about real world NASCAR. We're recording this on October 15th and they're in the second round of the chase and had an incredibly bad race today at Talladega. And finally, we're going to talk about the new fan is it fan attack or fanatic did we decide it's fanatic it's fanatic okay the fanatic uh direct drive wheel and uh, i think ricky knows more about that than the rest of us do so first off uh it's going to be the rally cross update ricky do you know what uh cars are coming in that update specifically the only one i've heard is the volkswagen that's coming uh i think it's going to be a free uh track or free car and there'll be a couple free tracks but uh they're actually acting like they might get that done by the end of the year uh, for the next season, which will be, I guess, uh, season one for 2018. So making good progress. Uh, some of the things they have mentioned is uh, heat races may be coming uh, in that. And uh, I don't know a lot about Rallycross. I really want to give it a try. I mean, I watched a few uh, races, but. Never really gotten into it, so it's something looking forward to. Yeah, and you said they've gone all out with the Joker laps and everything, right? I mean, I know it's a really big part of it, but it's something new for iRacing. A lot of people may not be familiar with. Um, also, they're going to have their own um, license system as well for the Rally Cross. It's going to be like Rally Dirt, more or less. I mean, Rally Road Racing, I'm sorry, more or less. So it should be really interesting. Yeah, I did see something. I can't remember if it was uh, Tony Gardner that uh, posted up that they would have a Joker lap, but somebody did, and uh, so I thought that was going to be really interesting because it'll it'll add to the to the racing for sure. No doubt, no doubt. So next up is going to be uh, the new pit crews. I think they're coming to NASCAR first. Um. Now, it's just going to be your pit crew is all that you can see, and that's in a replay, too, I believe. Yeah, I hadn't really heard on the replay part, uh, whether whether it'll be, I'm sure it'll be in the replay, but Gab, from what I understood, to keep from uh, killing the frames, uh, they're going to only allow it to be on your car, and and I understand that, but, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. It's, It's cool to have, but... After I've seen it one time, it's not something that, you know, that's really exciting me about, you know, something exciting coming to the sim. But it will look cool. It will look cool in the broadcasts. But, uh, you know, after after I've seen it one time, I'm thinking I, I hope they kind of have a way of turning it off, maybe. Yeah, I can actually agree because I don't have the greatest system. I know you guys have triple monitors, which already handicaps the system pretty bad anyway. But, um... I don't know how much more frame rate issues I can take on my end. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's that's going to look really cool. Um, I think I, I think, like you said, it'll be great for the broadcast. Uh, but at the same time, if you see it once, you've seen it. Um, I'd like to see at the point where they can put it in all the cars. Uh, 
but I also want to see some some customization on it. I like to kind of change up the pit board a little bit, put my own logo on there so I can find my pit stall easier. Um, but I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. The pit board, uh, that'd be really nice. And I'm sure just the suits will change their uh, pit crew suits like it already does anyway. So that'll be good. One thing um, one thing that I saw on it was uh, the sign did kind of wave up and down a little bit as you're coming into pit. And that's something I've always wondered why we didn't have. When you're coming down pit road, the signs start waving up and down, kind of let you know where your pit box is and stuff. Uh, so I, I don't know that it moves a lot from the video that, you know, I recently did put out a YouTube video of it. And uh, one one other thing that Tony, or I believe it's Tony mentioned, was, uh, you know, every pit wall is a little different height, so they had to accommodate for that. So it just tells you how much detail they went into. So, you know, the, uh, I'm sure they don't want the pit guy to look like his feet are planted into the cement of the wall and stuff. So they had to come up with a couple, a couple of good ways to make that look even more real. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure it's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be fun. You know, like you said, it may only be something you watch once or twice. It may be awesome for guys who do uh, broadcast if it shows for the entire pit road and the replay. But like I said, I, we're not, I don't know if we've had any sort of confirmation on that or not. Um, I'm not really sure what's changing about the damage model. Ricky, do you know about that one too? Um. Not not a lot. Uh, a couple of months ago, they did put out a video where a car just basically exploded uh, and all the pieces started flying off. And uh, uh, Tony did say that, uh, again, in that uh, update that, uh, you know, they're coming along on it. Don't know that it'll be in the next season. They're I think they're hopeful. But uh, maybe we'll start seeing uh, parts fly off like we did today at Talladega. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The only thing is, I wonder will the parts be ghost parts or will they be like uh able to cause damage to your car obviously if it's something like a hood you know you could probably dodge that or at least have a chance to but if it's something small just laying on the track you know you wonder how far iRacing would take that with realism well also the other thing somebody asked in uh, one of these uh forum posts was about the uh arrow and Although iRacing already kind of accommodates for, you know, damage and the arrow, um, you know, they were wondering how realistic it would be. And Tony, Tony did say that, you know, they already kind of accommodate for, for that. You know, if you're at a 1.5 mile track or something, you, you are going to, your hood's bent up, you are going to get some damage. But I don't know if they're faking it or really modeling, uh, the air going around the car or not. Right. Well, I'd like to see the damage model kind of get more realistic, and uh, you know, it seems now it, sometimes uh, a 4x can cause all kinds of damage, and other times it'll cause 20 seconds worth of damage. So I'd kind of like to see that get more realistic and and uh, and really change a little bit there, in, in terms of making it more of a simulation. Yeah. Yep. I posted a video in, Xf in the Xfinity series on iRacing. They were talking about net code, and especially when you get to Talladega and Daytona, the net code just seems to be a whole lot worse because they're so much closer to each other. But uh, last week or a couple weeks ago at Dover, uh, I actually got wrecked by a little light sparks coming off of another car. Uh, nobody ever, 
never hit anybody i did i did spin the car and the car was coming at me but somebody hit him before he hit me and i mean we're good 20 feet away i guess i don't know just a good good ways apart and a spark just kind of flies out of the replay and my car gets the engine damage from it so uh it seems like every time i'm in a wreck too it's like my engine's gonna blow no matter what and then you see the guy that just creamed into you he's still running laps and i'm sitting there getting repaired so i would like a little stiffer bumper especially on the nascar side to keep from blowing your engine just from uh you know very little contact yeah i can agree with that as well i think uh way too many instances of small damage to the nose uh, result in a blown motor. You know, I mean, I, I know what they're going for, but it just seems a little bit exaggerated on iRacing as compared to, you know, real life or even other sims that are out there. What do you think about uh, having a damage clock in iRacing? Um, I mean, we sort of have one, I guess, if you think about it. Um, as far as, like, if you get in a wreck, you get five minutes or you're out of the race. I mean, I think that kind of is the case anyway. I don't know how many people other than maybe an NIS or a longer race are going to sit around and wait on their damage to be fixed. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily needed. Yeah, I'm with Devin. I think we kind of already have that. Uh, I mean, if, if if you're blowing your engine, that's 30 minutes. So typically in an official race, you're not going to be able to, to really participate much after that unless it happens early in the race um but i mean it's rare that we see people stick around for that i agree have you guys done any uh official racing this week it's talladega week by the way just so people know i raced a little bit on the road side um but not on the oval side uh it's a love-hate relationship right now um i've just had a rough couple weeks of guys uh drive it over their talent level i did get to do one uh talladega race uh no i did two uh, actually i did get wrecked out in the first one i think i finished around 18th and uh finished maybe 10th in the second one so uh, i was trying to redeem myself a little bit so i actually had a positive ir week but not much yeah i stayed away from it uh just trying to build up my ir i didn't want to mess with talladega this week it tends to be a little bit crazy um so another some other new stuff we got coming up uh we kind of touched on it already but uh there's going to be new licenses for road and oval and as well as uh road road dirt which is going to be like rallycross and dirt oval which is you know your world of outlaw stuff like that you think that guy's gonna do you think that is gonna make you guys want to race more dirt especially on the oval side, knowing that it won't hurt your current safety, I believe. I think it still hurts your eye rating. I don't know if you get your own both for dirt or not. Yeah, you're on both. You get safety rating and IR rating on both dirt, uh, on uh, a dirt oval and a dirt rally cross. But I don't know. I'm just not really good at dirt. Uh, it's fun. and uh, But, you know, there's so many talented people that do this in real life every weekend. So, uh, I'm sure there'll be new people that I could compete against, but uh, it's just not something I've been good at. So far, I've enjoyed what little we've done it. Uh, so uh, I've done it a couple times in leagues, but it's just, uh, like I said, it's not something that I'm very good at. I think it's something I'm, I'm, I'd be more willing to do with a new license. 
where it's not affecting my oval side. Um, like Ricky, I'm not very good at it, but I always seem to want to keep doing it. Uh, I mean, I think it's fun. I think uh, having a new license for it is badly needed. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see you know when everything kind of evens out and uh, get some some uh, good racing in there with uh, people that uh, are on my school level. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's going to make the dirt a little bit more approachable for new guys like ourselves. Um, one thing I thought was interesting was how they were picking, uh, like, what license and IR you start at. Like, if you have, Ricky, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's 20 starts. You uh, just take your regular dirt, I mean, your regular uh, oval I rating and license over to the dirt side with you. Is that correct? Yeah, it was either 20 or 25, but uh, you had to have 20 or 25, I think, dirt starts. Um, so if you've done those, then they'll just move your uh, whatever license you are on the oval side over. But I don't think I've done but one or if I've even done any official, I may, may have done one or two. So I'll be a rookie, so I'll get to start out uh, like it's brand new to me. Right, that's what I was going to say. If you hadn't done whatever the number was, I believe it was 20 or 25, but if you hadn't done that number, uh, they took – I don't remember how they, they talked about it, but it was some formula of how safe you were in those dirt races that you did do versus how safe you were in the road. I mean, in, I don't know why I keep – in the um, asphalt over races that you did, they are taking those together – if you did just some official races and giving you, I guess if you were an A and one, they maybe start you as a D and the other one. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. I thought that was interesting. They should really, in my opinion, just start everybody at rookie because, I mean, it's not like the guys who are fast are going to be in rookie for very long anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they chose – I. I mean, I can kind of see it. They they needed a place to start, but uh, yeah, I don't. They they could have fast tracked pretty quickly, probably out of the rookie class. But I guess they were trying to make it a little more even. But uh, you know, Rally Cross will start from the beginning as well, so or will start with a brand new license class, so that'll be good for them. Uh, and like I said, I'll I'll be a rookie already in the dirt, so it's not not a big deal to me. Yeah, I believe Rally Cross will start everyone at a rookie license that's correct isn't it yep okay and uh speaking of dirt uh they had a twitter vote i'm not i'm not sure i think it's over isn't it i think it's still going on i never did see when the final date was um uh, uh, but they were voting on which uh tracks to do next and dirt and uh uh how many was there it was about six or seven tracks that they had listed that you could vote on the order and well, understood. Most of them had already been scanned, so we're probably getting all these tracks. Yeah, there were a few. Uh, if the voting is still up, you guys can check. Um, you can go to worldofoutlaws.com uh, backslash iRacing. And the tracks that they have to vote for are Cedar Lake, uh, Fairbury American Legion Speedway, uh, Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55, uh, Kokomo, Lernerville Speedway, uh, and Weed Sport Speedway. And they also have three more that have already been worked on. And I think the biggest one that everybody's waiting for is uh, Knoxville. 
And as of right now, uh, Kokomo and Fairbury have run away with the stat, with the voting. It looks like Kokomo might be slightly ahead. I'm familiar with Kokomo, none of the other ones, though. I don't follow World of Outlaw that much. I did see uh, where uh, they were at Weed Sport the other day scanning it. So that's, uh, they said most of them had already been scanned, but not all of them. And so I guess Weed Sport was next on the list. And heard ago, after I voted, I heard a lot of good stuff about it. So kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I will mention uh, a website, uh, osrracing.net. They had a good write up on each one of the speedways and, one of the neat things about Fairbury was uh uh that's actually an all volunteer uh, uh what do you call it workers there so it was that was kind of interesting to see that they're able to keep that dirt track alive uh just using volunteers so yeah that is actually very interesting that's pretty cool and uh as well uh coming up with the the new uh, dirt tracks and dirt license and et cetera. Um, dirt as a few other things, but I know that uh, dirt oval specifically are getting heat races and that's instead of qualifying, I believe, and they're actually going to be split into a and B main. So I think that has a chance to be extremely interesting. It is. I'd like to see the time on that, uh, you know, with, with so many races going on, uh, official races going on, um, how they're able to get the uh, the heat races done, and then moving on to the race uh, within that same amount of time. I agree. You think I've never? I don't think I've actually raced one official dirt race, so I don't know how big their splits typically are. But you would think you would have to have a split of at least twenty to twenty-five to run um, two officials. The ones that I've ran, I think, are about. Somewhere between ten and fifteen, I think like twelve is about the the number. It's it's not many. I don't really know why you need a heat race in dirt, but um, if that's the way they're going, then that's a. I think it's a great idea for uh, like broadcast races and and uh, unofficial races, not necessarily uh, official races. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think some of it's for rally cross too. Uh, well, again, I'm not a rally cross follower, but uh, from what I understand, they run heat races. But I'm wondering if they'll have maybe five or six in each heat race, and then whoever advances gets split into their own splits. I mean, it's hard to think that iRacing would have that kind of time to do all that, but maybe they have. Uh, uh, you know, but maybe it's qualifying races to figure out who races against each other in the main race. Yeah, it may be. I, I thought that I had read or heard uh, one of the two that it was all under one session. So basically, every time you register for a race, you run heat races. But I could be wrong on that. It could just be in lieu of qualifying outside of the server. The one thing I want to see on the heat races, though, is because uh, with NASCAR, you got stage racing. I don't know if we can simulate stage racing with the heat races, but... What happens if you get damage in that first heat race? Does that damage carry on to the next heat race or does it automatically get repaired or, you know, what happens in that situation? But could we somehow leverage that for some stage racing? Uh, I don't think NIS needs stage racing. Don't get me. I'm not going there. But for leagues, uh, that would be real fun to be able to set up a 50 lap heat race and then go on to the next one. But if the damage doesn't carry over, I don't think it would work real well. 
Yeah, I agree. I think there's huge potential. I'd like to see uh, stage racing just as an option for league races, as well as just the ability to run a heat race in a league anytime you want, regardless of what the car is, because, you know, a lot of people like to qualify that way. It's a lot better than even when you're multi-car qualifying, you're not really racing anyone. You're just trying to turn the best lap that you can. Yeah, I think now in uh, in league racing or or host racing, I think your only option for stage racing would be to to throw a, an admin caution and and regroup the field. Um, I'm with you. I'd kind of like to see an, an option uh, when you're setting up a race as far as, as when you want the stages and and let it automatically throw a caution. Yeah, exactly. And we'd probably have to have someone write a new code um, for Dan, Lisa, or whatever people are using to keep up with their points, but it doesn't seem like something that would be too incredibly hard to put in, but, you know, maybe we'll see it down the road somewhere. So I guess uh, next up, we could just talk about the uh, two new uh, LMP1 cars. Uh, I believe it's an Audi and a Porsche. I'm not super familiar with the LMP series. I'm guessing it's an endurance type of car. Yeah, I'm not either. And I think they're older cars too, if I understood. Uh, again, I'm not a road guy either. I'll, I'll watch it if it's on. But uh, I think that the LMP ones uh, are an older car. Uh, so I'm not going to say nothing because I may be wrong. Uh, but it is going to be two new cars. I know a lot of people have been asking for an LMP. Uh, car to go along with the uh, endurance races and stuff so good to have it and uh, i don't know that it'll be if it'll be in the daytona 24 again i don't know what class these cars actually race in but really looking forward to uh the ford gt and the uh ferrari in the daytona 24 though uh we did race that last time so looking forward to having those cars in there well i want to say that the lmp um is like the audi r 18 i believe which those are similar to the corvette c7 in the way that they look maybe not the c7 but whatever that newer corvette they got released i don't know it's maybe been a year and a half ago um it's there like the closed cockpit uh you know single body cars huge wings on the back i believe that's what the lmp class is so it's like the fastest ones and all the um endurance races kind of like the one that uh jeff gordon ran in the uh 24 at Daytona. Yep. Yep. So we don't, that's one thing we're going to struggle with on this podcast, guys. We don't know a whole lot about uh, the road racing side of things. But um, last thing on the upcoming content is going to be the uh, day to night transition, which iRacing has teased a few times. And I think they've teased that it could possibly come later on this year. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be next year. Um, uh... Uh, no, they hadn't really said a date. Uh, they just keep saying they're making good progress. I just, with all the stuff that's coming up, uh, I have I don't I just can't see them getting this out by the by the next uh, next build. But uh, maybe I would love to see it though for the Daytona 24. That would make it a whole lot more interesting race. I like it uh, being the night race uh, though. It just seems to make the setting a whole lot better. But. Uh, It'd be nice to have it before Daytona 24, but I don't know that they've actually even hinted that it would be ready by the next build or not. 
Well, and I think it'd be it'd be something great for the oval side too, where uh, for instance a, a race at at Charlotte like the the, the Coke Six Hundred, where you can start in the daytime and then you move to night, and kind of have everything working together where you're you know you're building up uh, rubber on the track and then you know as you as you transition to night the track gets cooler and and you can start to feel it and and the track and and uh, you know you get more grip and. And the speeds pick up a little bit, and you know you're having to make setup changes throughout the race. I just think that's a, a, a something that's coming up that's really gonna kind of change the way that that these races are are ran, and then you know also how they're they're broadcasted too. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, sorry about that. One one other thing. Speaking of the Coke 600, uh, I did see that they did scan the uh, the Roval uh, for Charlotte. I'm not looking forward to that being there next year, but uh, because uh, I, I suck so bad at road racing, but they have uh, scanned it apparently, and well, they, they are have, actually having to go back and rescan it because they added a chicane since they've scanned it. So, I uh, just thought I'd mention that while we're talking about new content. Yeah, I'm really excited for the uh, Charlotte Roval. Uh, I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but the three of us actually race in a league together. So we're constantly going back and forth with each other about who's good here and who's good there. And I think I might be a little bit better than Brian on road courses, but they're a lot of fun in the NASCAR. Yeah, it's something completely different than, than you know, running any other type of car on on road. Um, even even completely different from the trucks or, or the Xfinity cars. It's just the, uh, the Monster Energy cars are, are so much heavier and you're carrying so much more speed and it's uh it's it's really fun to to move around the track and and try to stay on top of everything i agree and i think the roval is going to be interesting because you're going to have to have a little bit of your oval set up and a little bit of the road set up which i know is the entire point of it but we've never done it in our league and i don't know that any of us have ever raced any cars on a roval so i know that i haven't so it's going to be interesting for sure. Other than Daytona, like I said, we did the 24-hour race of it last year, and uh, but yeah, uh, I'm not I'm 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 not looking forward to uh, getting rid of my oval for a roval. So I've run some of the uh, like the Pontiac and the uh, the production cars at the Charlotte roval. Uh, that we currently have, and there's some uh, some elevation changes in the in the infield, and uh, it's it's a fun track. Um, not a lot of speed, um, some real tight corners in there, uh, but it, it should be uh, make for some some fun racing in uh, in Cup cars, especially on iRacing. Yeah, I think it'll be great on iRacing and in real life. Um, Speaking of just real life really quick, what do you guys think? Ricky, are you familiar with the road course? Not I'm, I'm, I've drove the one that they have on iRacing a couple times, but I haven't looked at what the new layout is at uh, Charlotte. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. you think they'll try to make more passes in the infield, or do you think they'll try to wait for the ro- or the oval section, which is what they're sort of used to? Uh I, I don't know. Since they got those two chicanes, uh, they're going to be slowing them down so much on the back stretch and the front stretch. So 
uh, probably, you know, you're going to have to make some passes maybe in the corners, but you're slowing down and then going to have to try to speed up. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think I think you're going to have to try to to overtake and and breaking zones and maybe even coming out of a corner trying to 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 get accelerate out quicker and and uh and, and get out on the on the straights. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely awesome in real life. I mean, I hope I racing can replicate it, but I'm already planning on making that trip up to Charlotte. It's not that far for me uh next fall. I think that's going to be great. I believe that's all the uh, upcoming content that we have. Um, so I guess next we're going to shift over to the Peak Antifreeze Series, which just ended uh, this past Tuesday. And Ryan Michael Luza was the champion. Um, I don't know much about Peak, so I guess I'll turn it over to you guys. But wasn't it uh, Luza a uh, rookie driver in Peak? He was. Uh, and, and in the Final Four, Luza and uh Bobby Zelensky were two rookies in that series and they they both made the final four and actually finished uh first and third um which is is just incredible when you think about the competition that's in that series uh that they were they were able to uh win the race as well as as getting up there and uh and and all the way up to the final four yeah, Logan Clampett, too, is a, a young guy. Um, I've talked to him a few times. I think this is his second year in peak, and uh, he, uh, you know, he came in second. I, I, I couldn't imagine looking out my front windshield seeing uh, Ryan Michael Luza walking away with that $10,000 knowing that I, I'm just a few feet away from it. You know, what a I, – I, I don't know what the prizes are for all the other drivers or if there is any, but, uh, you know, I hope they – to give those uh, other guys a little something out of it, but uh, you know, I just felt you kind of you, you're glad to see uh, Ryan win it, uh, but you also I felt for Logan because, like I said, I've had a few chats with him in the past uh, uh, on team or on uh, Discord before, so it's it's I, I just felt for him after the race. Yeah, I've run with Bobby Zelensky. Um... Not in any races, obviously my ratings nowhere near high enough, but in um practices and stuff like that, and man, the times those guys put up are just unreal. I mean, typically, even when I'm in qualifying trim, you know three tenths, four tenths better than anything I can touch, yeah, and then you see uh Ray and uh Brian Blackford put up those uh videos for v r s and you're sitting there and they're running the fixed set and they're running faster times than I can run with my open set most of the time, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's because of the set, but I think those guys really have a lot of talent. I agree. I think they are all extremely talented. I think if you can make it in that series at all, period, you've got a ton of talent, even if you're a reserve driver. And uh, I guess speaking of that, um, next year, they're only going to be taking uh, 10 drivers from the Pro Series to compete in the Peak Cannon Free Series. So I believe that's going to actually get rid of all the reserve drivers. And, you know, again, I don't know a whole lot about Peak, so you guys will have to kind of fill it in here for me. But um, how exactly – I know you got to be top 10 in points. Uh, is there anything else people out there who might have a chance to qualify need to know? 
Uh, from so I think they're taking the top thirty from peak. They get to stay, and then uh, there'll be a pro series that starts uh, starts in November. I don't remember the exact date, but it'll be run on Tuesday nights. You have to finish in the top ten. Uh, you also have to pass some background checks and stuff. Not no, more to make sure that you're you've uh, had a pretty clean record on iRacing. Uh, just to to, before they accept you because it is an invitation only series so finishing in the top 10 doesn't guarantee that you're be invited but uh you know that's the first step uh but there was some news that uh, tony put out too this week uh, about uh tyler hudson's gonna be uh taking over the pro series a little more and they also hired a new esports guy which is kind of interesting they didn't name his name but uh, so there might be some last-minute changes. I don't know because uh, I'm hoping that you know only ten getting in just seems uh, seems a little unfair. But uh, like if if only ten are getting in, that means the field is only going to be forty, and so if somebody doesn't show up, we're going to have less than forty cars in there. So uh, right now they have uh, I believe it's fifty people that are can get into peak and the top. Uh, I think three people from out of the 50 can actually advance in, in qualifying. So, uh, so anyway, it's just going to make the field shorter. And, and, you know, if they only accept 10, is that going to, you know, how is anybody ever going to get in? You know, very few people are ever going to be able to get into the peak, even though I know I never will. But, uh, you know, it should, uh, I would like to see the top 20 maybe get locked in and then, uh, 20 more be able to get, to get into the series. Well, I'd like to see a couple, you know, uh, get in or go home guys. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, put forty-five people in and for forty spots, where five of them have to qualify for the race or, or they're going home. Um, but I also think that it's it's their their peak entry series. It's their top series on the oval. Uh, the competition should be high, um, and and if if you're in there, you should be. At the top of your game, you should be, you know, the the fastest. You should be in in top splits. You should be, you know, some of the best drivers on the on the the platform. Um, so I I don't know, I mean, how I feel about other people getting into the series that are out of that top ten. But um, you know, you should, you know, if, if you're trying to get in the peak series, uh, you should be in the top ten in the pro series. And you should be winning splits, and you should be in that top split uh, if if you want to have any uh, chance of getting in. My only, my my, I guess I'm not saying it's a problem, but my concern with it is is once you get that pro license, uh, as long as you stay in the top thirty, you don't have to race official anymore. You could go out and get you a second account and just race on it. And that way, your hour never never falls either. But uh. So you're not really, I, I don't think you can lose a pro license after you get it. Um, uh, maybe you can, I, I don't know if that happens or not, but you know, once, once they're in, all you gotta do is make it into the top 30. And there's, there's a few guys that, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the changing of the guard, you know, after a few, you know, a lot of these guys have been in that series for a long time. So I'd like to see some new faces, I guess. How exactly do they do a background check on you? Well, they just check and see if you've been uh, banned for harassing people and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think it's more on the on the protest side. If you've been protested against, and if if they've rolled in the other person's favor, um, how you conduct yourself. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Luza had an issue with that, and that's why he hadn't been in the series. Um, even though he's he's always been up there in the eight thousand IR range. Uh, that uh, I guess they he had a clean year, so they finally put him in. Yeah, uh, I, I I recall something about it. I don't I don't know the details of it either, Brian. But uh, yeah, they they just want to make sure that you know if you're on the forums, you're not uh, being a troll. Uh, you know if you're, uh, you know, racing that you're not wrecking people. Uh, just that kind of thing. I'm not saying that they're going in and doing a law enforcement background check. Uh, probably might have been the wrong word, but I just want to make sure that you uh, can represent the Peak Series uh, in a professional manner. Yeah, I'm over two on both of those. Yeah, I was going to say, so basically no one in this podcast will ever be in Peak Antifreeze Series. For more reasons than one, but especially the trolling on the forums. Uh, I'm never. I don't think I've trolled much on the forum. So, yeah, I do it about every day. <laughs> well, since y'all brought the topic up, what do you think about trolls on the forum? I think it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I love me some internet trolls. There's nothing better. Uh, see, I just I stay away from it. So, uh, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll jump in with you guys and just, uh, but uh, most of the time I'll just stay away. Well, you know, it's fun for me because, you know, you, you get to arguing with the guy and, you know, I, I don't really care what anybody's stats are. I'm just, you know, poking fun at somebody telling them they're not any good. And then it turns out that they're actually not any good, even though they're talking about how much talent they have. They've won like 30 races and you go look at their strength of field. They're racing against like a thousand. And it's like, yeah, I'd probably win 30 races in that strength of field, too. So, I mean, I'd calm down on how much talent you have a little bit. That's a true story, by the way. That's not just a rant for no reason. Yeah, I just uh, I, I I try to be the helper. If people are asking for help or something, I'll answer the question. But I usually won't troll too much. You guys ever met someone on iRacing who thinks because they can beat a NASCAR driver on iRacing that obviously they're better at racing than the NASCAR driver is? Uh, just you. Nah, nah, I've never said that before. <laughs> I've actually met a guy who told me AJ Allmendinger wasn't any good because he couldn't beat him on iRacing, which I thought was hilarious. Well, if that was the case, uh, everybody, well, you, you, we saw what Tony Stewart did uh, in that uh, pro race, which he actually ended up doing fairly well, uh, but uh, he, you know, they brought him in for an inver- uh little uh exhibition race you know and he struggled uh so you know it's not the same the sim has its quirks and real life racing is totally different so yeah it's actually scary for one thing oh yeah you don't worry about wrecking and uh eye racing but uh you know back to the pro series uh the i thought it was interesting that they had uh hired a esports guy i mean i would love to see uh a couple of uh uh, other divisions i know they have the emza and the f1 and and the peak series but i wouldn't mind seeing some of these lower divisions uh like uh xfinity and trucks possibly having a pro type series what do you guys think 
I mean, I think as long as the strength of the field is up there, then then it shouldn't be an issue. Um, although I think you get the same people that that would want to run both. Um, I'd like to see it, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I think I saw it in the forums today of uh, open wheel uh, pro series um, on on the on the oval side with you know their actual uh, schedule that they run. So mixing in some road with it, but having a pro series for for the open wheels. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I want to see more racing, more professional racing. Um, so I, I, I welcome it, and I, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see what comes of it. Yeah, I agree. I think if we do see another one, I don't think that it'll be at the uh, truck or Xfinity level necessarily to start. But I'd really like to see one for the world of outlaw cars, you know, like just an actual for real professional series. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch and may, again, get people over to the dirt side because I think people who don't care for dirt that much aren't trying it very often. I was going to say, I, th- I think part of them bringing in someone is, is to ramp up uh, their their exposure on, on dirt and rally cross and and moving forward and, and even, you know, bringing, you know, uh, more people into the, the peak series, uh, as far as people watching it. I think when I was watching the last couple laps of that, that homestead race, I think there were 800 people watching it. So, uh, it, there's a following and I, I, I want to see that those numbers get up, you know, higher and, and, uh, I'd really like to see some people talking about the peak series. Yeah, the the F1 series that they ran, uh, that had the two hundred something thousand dollar uh, prize, I think, or maybe it was a million dollar prize. I don't remember, but uh, they had it in Las Vegas, and they were using the R factor. Was kind of a disaster, but uh, I mean, somebody won it, but uh, they had a lot of trouble with the with the uh, R factor and the track that they used and the car, and uh, so it ended in some controversy. And and I would love to see iRacing take on some bigger pride you know bigger esports events like that so maybe that uh maybe that'll be something that comes along with this new guy coming in and but yeah i wasn't thinking about dirt would be the perfect next pro series yeah i think you'll see dirt as the next pro series and uh speaking of r factor do either of you guys do any other sim racing i mean the only one i have a whole lot of experience with is I racing? I admit, I'll drive my tractor around quite a bit in uh, Farm Simulator. Yeah, Farm Simulator is great. Also, uh, I guess since we're counting not very realistic sims, American Truck Simulator is the way to go. If you guys don't have that yet, you really need to check it out. I did buy Project Cars, but uh, man, I played it for maybe two or three hours now. There's things that's awesome looking in it, the rain, the night, uh, you know, doing some of that kind of stuff, uh, the weather, the time of day, but it's just so unrealistic and, uh, you know, uh, as far as a simulation, it's not really, it's more arcade-ish to me. Yeah, I ran the original R-Factor back in the day when I when I first started getting started in, in sim racing and uh, it, it blew my mind how realistic it seemed and... Um, going from, from iRacing to, uh, I, I tried out R-Factor 2 a few months ago and it, it just, it's, it's bad. It's just, it doesn't feel the same. It's, 
I, I'm surprised that they uh, have made a new one. Uh, and uh, I'm surprised that they're still supporting it. Yeah, I've heard that R Factor 2 isn't very good. I know they have the uh, the uh, not real NASCARs, uh, the not real Monster Energy cars, I should say. But um, I think they actually have Delara's, uh, the DW12s or 13s or whatever they're on now. I think they actually have real support from those companies. They may. Um, I just I don't know what those companies are really thinking with supporting something like that. Right, and it's funny because I believe uh, iRacing is going to be a model behind on the Delara. And the one that we have actually isn't all that old to the sim to begin with. I remember when it came out, so it can't be more than three years old. Yes, yeah, so another thing is uh, actually some of the NASCAR teams use R-Factor for uh, their simulators. It's, it's a professional version of it, but... Uh, uh, I've heard some of the uh, comment comments about the uh, you know the Chevy the Ford simulators that you know it's not very realistic but I think they do get the uh, you know the telemetry data from it but uh, I've you know somebody mentioned why doesn't I racing or well actually on Dale Jr.'s podcast he said I racing needs to come in and uh, start uh, you know come in and, and build their simulators and. And somebody mentioned that to Steve Myers on Twitter, I believe, and he's like, you know, we're, you know, they're kind of hinted that they might be talking about it. I wonder if that's going to end up being a funding issue or like if, if our factor has some sort of deal worked out with the teams where they use that service because our factor is pretty dated. I'm not sure about our factor pro, which I think is what they use, but I mean, the original R factor itself is pretty dated. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure that they've worked on on improving some things and working on on updated tire models and some of these things and being able to to put in your your actual race setup into this car and I'm sure that we've seen that or that that they're seeing the support that we don't see. Yep, I agree. I agree. Speaking of uh, real world NASCAR, since we're kind of on that. Um, what do you guys think about the racing in general this year in the uh, Monster Energy Series? Go ahead, Brian. I haven't watched a lot of it, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I think stage racing has helped it out a lot. Um, but I, I think that we're kind of seeing a, a, a point in um, the evolution of, of the, the the cars. Um of the of the Gen Six cars, where uh, you're seeing teams that have figured it out, um, and several teams that haven't. Um, I mean, it it appears that you know Trux Junior and you know Kyle Busch and, and some of these other guys have have figured it out. Kyle Larson, um, whereas you know other teams like uh, Stuart Haas has struggled, um, even though you know a few years ago they were they're at the top. So uh, I, I think stage racing has helped it out, but uh, I, I don't think that the racing is very good. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think the racing is great. Um, I don't like the – I mean, I, I don't know what it is per se, I guess, but the fact that the lead car can get out front, I don't know that it's dirty air or clean air because, you know, when they get behind lap cars, 
typically nobody catches them still if you're the leader. So, I mean, I think the cars have serious problems. Stage racing was a great introduction. I've been to two races this year. I've been to a lot of races in my life. Uh, but Ricky and I went to Talladega and also went to the Southern 500. And stage racing definitely helped those, in my opinion. Not the specific races, but my enjoyment at the races. And, uh, man, I just think, you know, I don't know what it is about the Toyotas, what they figured out, but whatever it is, they've changed noses so many times. You wonder if it has something to do with the way their car is shaped in the front because they're not all the same, even though people say that they are. Uh, all three cars have different noses, and when you go, you can just look at it and tell. Yeah, that's something. I, I agree with it. I think it's something to do with the Toyota nose, uh, and Chevrolet, you notice the switch in their nose to – it's not exactly like it, but it's very similar. Uh, next time, or next year, it will be similar to the Toyota. So I think they're trying to copy what they're doing. So uh, I don't know. It, it's But the racing in general this year, to me, has not been very exciting. When Only, only the short tracks, uh, the road courses, and uh, sometimes the super speedways. But uh, today's race uh, was had a was not very good in my opinion but uh i would probably i've i've kept saying that i'm gonna quit watching but uh i keep going back just because i like uh like to watch it but uh as far as you know having good races people passing each other it's, it's pretty boring yep i agree it's been pretty bad overall and it kind of makes you wonder if they're gonna have to change the type of car that they drive, getting rid of the splitter, uh, a few other things to make the racing better? Or do you guys think the Gen 6 can work? Because it seems like it's just gotten worse as the car ages. Uh, just going to leave that up to the engineers. I don't I don't know what they could do to make it better. Uh, I've often wondered if they slowed the cars down, uh, just would it make it more competitive or not? Uh you know, uh, one thing I've thrown out there is throw a four-cylinder engine in all these cars where they're all running closer to the same speed. But I don't know that that would actually work either. But uh, I, don't, I don't know how you, uh, you know, you, you had IndyCar come up with a push to pass and things like that. I don't really want to see NASCAR get gimmicky like that. But uh, I understand where the push to pass comes in. But, uh, you know, but it's, it's I don't know what they're going to do, what they're going to have to do if they're going to have to make them you know, change the whole design of the car or not. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see for sure. I agree. It'll be interesting uh, going forward. Um, so I think right now in the chase, uh, which will probably, I think our next show will be about when the chase is going to be over. But I think right now in the chase, um, you know, everybody's favorite is probably Martin Truex. Uh, but it looks like one of the other favorites, Kyle Busch, he may not make it through. I think he's negative seven behind the cut after the race today. Uh, Matt Kenseth is behind the cut about the same, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten points, somewhere in there. I think uh, the mile and a half have been some of the most boring races for the lead, but the racing in the pack hasn't necessarily been terrible from about 15th, you know, to the, I don't know, to fifth or sixth. So I think uh, Kansas next week could be really interesting to see who moves forward. 
Well, I, I think today, certainly, uh, they were helped out with nearly everybody wrecking out, and, and so you're really not losing a whole lot of points if you if you uh, didn't make the finish. Yeah, I agree. Who would have had Ricky Stenthouse uh, going to the round of eight with Kyle Busch on the outside looking? So it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to stay up there, but. You know, next week should be should be interesting. It seems like NASCAR sort of fabricated some drama, if you want to call it that, with the uh, with the playoffs and the the different stages of the playoffs and things of that sort. Well, the bad thing about the races this year, it seems like uh, you know we run for or they run for three hours, three four hours, and it's the boringest thing. And then in the last ten to twelve laps, they'll have a caution that then. Then everybody asks, well, how was the race? Well, it was great for those last 10 laps. I'm like, you know, so it's, uh, they got bailed out several times by making it seem like the race was halfway decent when it really wasn't. Yeah, I think those are the epitome of drama cautions. Yeah. So, um, I guess, oh, how about Parker Klingerman winning the truck race? That's pretty cool. Somebody you don't see win very often. Yeah. Not sure if you guys keep up with the trucks or not. I saw I saw the very ending of it, and they they had actually more cars, I think, than NASCAR did today. Uh, the Cup Series had left in the truck race, but it was uh, from what I, what it looked like, most of the cars were or the trucks were tore up too. But it's good to see a fellow uh, I racer win a race, and uh, so got to run a couple practices with uh, Parker and also Bubba Wallace and few others so it's always good to see somebody that's involved in eye racing and uh you know get a win well i think a, a 2 a.m a open official race has has more people in it than what that cup race ended up with yeah yeah today was brutal i think there were 10 cars on the last restart uh, and by the way i think that dale earnhardt jr completely blew it today i think he could have won if he'd have stayed tucked in the draft on that last restart, he did. Say, he did say he had some damage, and his splitter was hitting the nose. I guess that they didn't know that they had some damage. But uh, yeah, I, I thought, man, you should have just stayed with the two the whole time. But uh, maybe he couldn't. But uh, yeah, it's it, uh, it was a rough race today. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, other eye racers, uh, there was a video from. Uh, which uh, I race in every, I think it's every Wednesday, uh, uh, featured on NBC Sports, uh, NASCAR America. But Landon Castle, which uh, unfortunately just found out that he's without a ride, uh, and David Reagan was on the show, uh, and they were talking about iRacing, and they had a good five, six-minute segment about it. And it seems like uh, iRacing's been been uh, coming up a lot lately in the, in the uh, NASCAR broadcasts and uh, especially on NASCAR America where Parker does that special uh, showing where the, you know, the track lines and stuff. Yeah, I agree. I've watched that a few times. Uh, I didn't see the specific video, but I've heard a lot of dri drivers say that, you know, iRacing is really good preparation uh, for what you're going to see at the track, especially at road courses they've never been to and things like that. And we all know, uh, Probably one of the more famous ones, other than uh, Tom Majeski, is going to be William Byron was on iRacing, um, and he he says that iRacing has everything to do with why he's there. 
Or a lot to do, I guess to say. Not everything, but... Yeah, I know he has to have a lot of natural talent, but, uh, you know, this kid, uh, William Byron, he he was only he's only been racing for a few years. I mean, most of these guys have been racing since they're five years old, you know, so it's kind of kind of neat that he was able to uh, take it up late in life and, and do so well. And we even saw when Tyler Hudson, uh, he got an opportunity to be on a, a reality show with a show in NASCAR. Uh, people wanting to be in NASCAR versus uh, some people in the sim. And he, he did very well. So apparently the sim is a good training tool, which I know Tyler's done a little bit of uh, real life racing too. But uh, it's pretty neat that he was able to take a, a peak car around Charlotte and have very good times. Yeah, and you know, iRacing actually isn't the only, uh, I guess, simulator that does that um gran turismo for playstation has also had a lot of really great success they have like a championship series where if you win you get to run one of their road cars i want to say it started as a pro mazda um and now it may be a different series but those guys have always had really good success and run really well in the races and in the championships that they've run in yeah i'm not even on that level yeah, me either, but it'd be it's fun to dream about. Sort of like when you go throw the football around in the yard. You know you're not Tom Brady, but it's it's fun to think about. So I guess uh, getting back to iRacing, uh, the only patch notes I think we're really going to cover, it's pretty late, not in the uh, season in general, but for patch notes it is. I think everybody kind of knows what changed this season. But uh, for those of you doing the Time Attack Challenge, um, when the Time Attack Challenge was first released, they had some sort of issue uh, where it wasn't keeping your times, and they've since gone in and patched that. So if you're trying to win the $1,000 or be the random $100 drawing, uh, you need to go in there and redo your times if you haven't. Yeah, there was actually a bug in it that uh, apparently if you pulled up a replay in the new UI, it was keeping that weather. So it's allowing people to make uh, better lap times than what they should have been able to do. So uh, they came in and, and uh, basically started the whole time attack uh, series over, erased all the times, let them start over. But I never did know about it, so never tried it. But uh, yeah, I have tried a couple of the time attacks. Man, some of these guys putting up some fast times. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine they're putting up crazy times. Then that's uh, fixed, I believe, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, so that's that's good news for those of you who are good with fixed sets. Or if you just want to try to uh, backdoor your way into 100, is it iRacing dollars or is it just $100? I think it's iRacing dollars. I think the $1,000, though, is, you know, $1,000. And they have, is it three or four series that you can win the $1,000 in? So I think it's three. Yeah. Yeah, it is three. So, you know, worst case scenario, you might fall backwards into a free year of iRacing. That's a pretty good trade-off. I think the $100, though, I think you have to compete in all three series and do them all so to be eligible for the drawing. So make sure you read the details on it and not take our word for it. But, uh, you know, it is a shot to, to you know, to go out and not risk any uh, SRIR and just uh, maybe get a chance of winning some money. There you go. Uh, speaking of the UI, you kind of brought it up. One of the biggest cons with it, I didn't even realize that that's why 
they took the time attack away. That's crazy. But uh, have either of you guys really even used the new user interface at all? I haven't even touched it. I played with it when it first came out, and there were so many little bugs in it. It just kind of discouraged me. I, when we said we were going to talk about it a little bit, I went back and looked, and they have fixed some of the annoying issues. But uh, I, I, you know, to me, it's uh, there's there's a few things I really like about it. Is uh, the you can actually search for things. So if you go to the hosted uh, tab. You can say Talladega, for example, and it pull up all the Talladega races. That's one cool thing I like about it. But there's still a lot of things. Like when it first came out, everything came up in a block uh, or grid view, and and it was real blocky. It was you know a lot of the information on the screens and just hard to maneuver. I mean, yeah, it's self-explanatory, but it's just you know the information that you want is just not right there in front of you, in my opinion. But you can change it. I like the list view because it's kind of a little more condensed and easier to read. But but every time you'd go from one tab to the other, it would uh, switch you back to that big blocky grid view, which I think they looks like they fixed now. But then there's a few other things that just keep uh, that are annoying. You know that that I know they'll work on, but uh, and they'll probably force us one day to use the new UI. But not looking forward to it at the moment. Yeah, I can't even find leagues are leagues even on there no the leagues hadn't been added yet and i just you know they've worked on this they they talked about this almost two years ago and then you know they finally give us this what it's considered a beta um i'm like well man you know you've been working on this two years and and understand things aren't easy but it's uh you know it seemed like such a uh a product that wasn't fully developed yet you know to be handing off to users yeah, I agree. I, I'm like Brian. I mean, I've probably loaded it up once or twice, uh, a lot the first day it came out, but I just haven't really seen a reason to use it. Um, I, I don't think it's that great. I think Iris can do much better, and I'm sure one day it'll be extremely useful, but right now, you know, it, it's not really worth it. I'm used to how I find races in the old uh, user interface and how I, I go to look for official races or hosted or leagues and I've that's what I stick to. I don't even I have I've never loaded it up, to be honest with you. I've never loaded up the new uh UI. Yeah see that's bad, Mr. Irie, some people who might be listening. We need to fix that. Alright, so I guess uh one thing we also kinda wanted to talk about um, is when to protest and how to protest. Uh, so I've seen a lot of people on the Facebook groups in iRacing, uh, you know, they complain that they protested this wreck or that wreck and nothing happened and you watch the wreck and nobody really is at fault. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe we do a little just kind of, you know, what you should be looking for to protest. Um, number one thing you don't want to protest is, oh, this guy drove on the apron and turned right straight up into me. Because, you know, I mean, sometimes the cars get loose down on the apron, and if he's racing hard, I mean, that could be an accident, you know, even though that sounds like it's a very on-purpose wreck. For you guys to be protesting something, in my opinion, it needs to be something egregious, something just really bad, you know, someone 
cursing a lot, you know, calling you names, attacking you, whatever the case may be, uh, lap down cars waiting on you, turning into you, a guy saying, you know, oh, I'm about to wreck you right now and actually hitting you and doing it. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have anything to add, you know, for when to protest, but, you know, just racing incidents, you're mostly not going to win that protest. Nothing's going to happen because, I mean, you know, the the goal is still to race at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, I think there are times where you can protest and other times where if, if you look at the, the incident the next day, um, you have a pretty good idea that it's not going to be uh, accepted or, or that anything's going to come of it. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is understanding that, uh, you know, if, if you're seeing something that's constantly happening, happening, um, whether it's, it's somebody who's, who's just an, an aggressive driver and, and getting in at other people and you've seen him in other races and, you know, he, he's always doing this. Um, that's what the protest system's for. Um, the protest system's not for, uh, somebody that goes down at the apron and, and gets loose in the corner and doesn't hold their brake. Um, that's, that's not what the, the system's for. Yeah. You can always look at the replay and see which way their steering wheels turned. Uh, that's one thing that I'll, I'll do. And, and, you know, you can always wait before you key up your mic. You can go ahead and throw out, I'm a, I'm sorry. You may not even think you're at fault, but, uh, a lot of people start, uh, just bashing you and, and, I, and I'm bad about it too. I'll, I'll think somebody, uh, ran over me and I'll go back and look at the replay and I actually came up a little bit and may, you know, may have caused that wreck, you know, so I always like for, you know, before you start screaming and yelling at somebody over the mic that you just wrecked me, go back and look at the replay. I mean, both of you, you may have came down, he may have came up, you know, but, uh, there is, you know, if you're intentionally wrecked, especially under a caution or, uh, after the race, even, uh, you know, you need, I would say go ahead and file it, but, uh, uh, you know, so there's so many incidents that could look just like a racing incident too, though, is, is the bad part about the incident system is, uh, you know, you could wreck somebody and make it look like an incident, but, uh, hopefully, uh, that don't happen very often, I don't think, but, you know, you can, uh, you can also give a guy a little extra room, you know, sometimes too. Yeah, especially when you're racing these longer uh, NIS-style races, you'll see a lot of guys who are, you know, moving up in the higher splits. And not that I'm in a high split by any means, but, you know, even in my splits, you'll see guys who are in the 30 car number range, you know, blocking really hard early in the race. And there's just no reason to race that guy. You know, if you throw it into the turn and wreck him, you you know, he's probably going to protest you. And it may look bad. You know, it, it may not. It may look like a racing incident. But, you know, we uh, – I don't know about Brian and Ricky specifically, but I've seen on Facebook quite often where especially newer people are complaining about, you know, this guy wrecked me, this guy did that, this guy did whatever. And, you know, when you've been on the service for a while, you kind of know what to look for. And so let's just make sure – you know, we don't blame our racing for things we could have avoided because sometimes you just need to move because somebody's faster than you. But, you know, absolutely, if somebody dumps you 
for no reason and it's obvious and they blurted it out seven times and yeah send it over to iRacing I've never actually sent one but I believe you just uh, cut a couple of laps out in the replay um, I don't think it's necessarily that hard and then you send it to their support group is that right Ricky uh, yeah I think iRacing could do a lot better job though with that on uh, of sending in a protest it's uh you know, it's not hard, but it's not easy either. I guess it's an easy way of saying it. You know, it looks like, with, I mean, maybe that'll happen when we get this whole new UI kind of integrated. But, you know, why can't I just click on a button that says, hey, I'd like to file a protest on this, you know, this lap. And it, if it wants to take a lap before and a lap after or whatever it wants to do, and I'll just clip it for you. But because uh, I was actually going to, I don't protest often. I I think I've had two protests in my life, but I was trying to protest one. And uh, I cut the, uh, you know, you're supposed to do three laps, I think, the one before, the one of, and the one after. But uh, And then I did all that and uh, tried to upload it, and it said the file was too big. So I guess by, by that time I was frustrated, and I just gave up and said, well, it probably wouldn't even uh, uphold the pro. It would probably wasn't an upholdable protest anyway but it was just uh this guy has been known to to cause some incidents and just that's the other thing they do put the stuff on their record so even if it's uh not found you know to be a violation or whatever they do have it keep it on a record and see if this thing continues to happen either you guys been protested i've been protested once I have protested uh, several times. Um, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, is like Ricky said, uh, I wish it was easier to do it. Um, although I'd, I'd probably get protested against more often. Um, but I also think that the, the biggest thing is um, making sure that you know the the incident that you're recording um, before you send it in. Look at it from different viewpoints. Look at it from the other driver's cockpit. Um, see if there's something that he blatantly did um, that he he did intentionally, um, whether it's it's blocking or, or wrecking or whatever the case may be. Um, if it if it's a, a racing thing, it's it's not going to be upheld. Um, you're you're in in a sense wasting your time by submitting the protest. Um, but it it's you know, you, you kind of have to look at it from, from both sides and, and especially understanding that a third party is looking at it and trying to determine uh, what happened. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I think also what people need to remember is that we more or less have a no fault system. Um, you know, something obviously is blatantly someone's fault. It's their fault, but I racing doesn't really care about that that much. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind that that even takes it a step farther for just how bad it needs to be before you go out and, you know, protest. And another thing is, you know, guys try to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be a dad or anything, but, you know, try to watch your language on the official races because, uh, you will get your chat privileges taken away. And it's pretty funny to see somebody protest. And in their replay, they're screaming like a lunatic, and they end up being the one who get banned from the forums or banned from text chat and voice chat and all that stuff. So it's really, 
need like a 24 hour cooldown period maybe or something like that before you try to send one in. I don't know if there's a deadline for when you can protest. I think it's either 15 or 30 minutes uh, after the race. Uh, so they do make you kind of cool down, but, but you know, 15, 20 minutes is not, not that long. So no, you can get very heated and that amount of time can go by really fast. All right, so I guess uh, probably one of the last things we got, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about equipment. Uh, the Fanatic Direct Drive Wheel uh, that's coming out, I believe it's later on this year in December. I think it's supposed to be, they say, reasonably priced compared to other Direct Drive Wheels. You guys done any research or, uh, I guess, have any any interest in possibly purchasing the wheel? It sounds interesting. Um, I don't know if I'd purchase it. I have the uh, V2 uh, Fanatic wheel, and I love it. Um, but I don't know if I'd, I'd spend money on a, a direct drive wheel. Um, and, and also, and I, I hate to say it, but they don't have the best track record as far as uh, equipment lasting. Um, they, it's And they have their customer support issues as well so it's it's uh, uh it's kind of a catch-22 on that yeah i've i've been thinking about it i don't i don't know uh i have a feeling it'll probably be close to the AccuForce price or maybe a little more which is about twelve thirteen hundred dollars uh i actually think it may be a little higher because that's about the price almost that you would get the uh, v2 uh, the 2.5 in, I believe it. It might be a little bit cheaper, so I I just think the price is going to be uh, in that range uh, because they say it's going to be comparable to others. Uh, uh, the good thing versus the the Fanatic and AccuForce is it comes with a wheel already, so you don't have to have that extra cost. Versus an OSW uh, has you know is about around a thousand bucks but then you got to add a wheel and if you have a custom-made wheel you're looking at another three to five hundred dollars depending i guess what all you want on it and uh so it'd be good to have one unit that you can just go out and buy and plug and play for example but uh from the videos that i've seen there they are making two versions of this wheel um they're going to make a probably uh, a lower uh, force feedback and then a higher force feedback so i assume they'll have different pr uh, price tags for that uh, the neat thing about it is they went out and custom built a motor for this uh, from everything i've read so um, the bad thing is when they demoed it they were using i think project cars to demo it and which doesn't have uh, the greatest uh, force feedback so it's kind of hard to tell from the people that actually got to try it whether it's going to be a great will or not but right and i don't know if uh personally i'm ever going to upgrade that much that's crazy uh, for those of you that don't know ricky's out here uh he runs a triple screen i believe he has a fourth screen for uh his telemetry and also uses an ipad or a tablet of sorts so ricky's uh He's probably going to upgrade and have the best equipment and start killing us all. Uh, this, there's proof that equipment doesn't doesn't win the races. I mean, you look at some of these pro guys that are running G27s, but it does make the experience better. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a big investment to spend twelve hundred dollars on uh, or, or more, and you know, not sure how long uh, I'll be doing this either. So I hate to spend that much money on something that's, in a lot of ways, is a toy. Even though you know it's our hobby, uh, you know, a lot of people fork out a lot of money for fishing and golf and uh, other sports and hunting. Um, so you know, this is our you know, some of our hobbies and. So I, I don't know. It's it's I'd have to take out a loan, I guess, to do everything I wanted to do. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of money to drop on just one piece of uh, this racing experience. I guess uh, um, you guys can kind of talk about some of the things you run, uh, some of the programs you guys talked about earlier, if you want. You know. Uh, Motec or I analyze, um, I guess sim racing apps. Uh, that's one's fairly new, isn't it, Ricky? I think it's been around a while. Uh, I just kind of discovered it. I, I was watching somebody stream on Twitch, and uh, they had a pretty cool pit road countdown. And I analyze does too. And I'm good friends with Doug Gerard that writes the software. Uh, I analyze software. I'm pretty good friends with Jeff too that writes sim. Uh, racing apps or i've got to know him through some uh pms and stuff back and forth but um anyway it's just his uh, the sim racing apps the pit road countdown plus it's free uh just really uh seemed to to nail the pit stops a little better and it also has some other things like uh you can run dashboards and things like that but uh the big thing, and two things I liked about it is if you're speeding on pit road, it starts beeping and uh, lets you know to slow down. And, and as you're coming into pit road, if you're going too fast, it beeps faster the faster you're going. So it kind of helps you regulate uh, your pit road speed and, and just where it tells you to stop. So a little closer than, uh, than I analyzed was for me. So that's one of the reasons I liked it. What do you guys think are... Uh one of the softwares you couldn't do without or maybe the easier to learn, you know, I guess out of uh, ARX, uh, MoTeC, iAnalyze, have any of those, like, really helped you guys turn any sort of corner? I think ARX is, is the easiest to install um, and, and the easiest to use. Um, now it'll, it gives you a little more advanced info on, on tire wear, um, how many laps you've ran, with the, the wear that you have, which iRacing doesn't do. Um, it tells you how many, you know, uh, laps you have left to fuel and it's more precise than iRacing. Um, it has how many laps left, uh, when you can make it on one more stop and what lap that should be. Um, and I mean, like, like Ricky, I run it on a tablet that sits right in front of me. Um, I actually took out a couple of the screws on my wheelbase and put uh, little hooks on it so that I have my tablet sit right there, and uh, I, I can see it all the time. and And uh, it, it's real easy to kind of scroll through on the tabs, and uh, it, it's real easy to navigate. and It's it's helped out a bunch. I'd yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a really good idea. I'd say if anybody's looking to get into to telemetry. Uh, I analyze is the, the I, I would say the easiest um, 
to actually look at your telemetry probably Motec's good but there's several pieces to it uh you got to have a workbook you have to have another little piece of software that copies the telemetry uh into a, another little file and things so it's kind of it's a little more harder to set up it's not that hard but you know if you're not a you know not familiar with computer it's a little more difficult so i analyze basically takes your telemetry and post it up in graphs and there's not a whole lot of uh back and forth i mean once you run your lap and park the car that's going to pop in your telemetry and let you see uh your ride heights and things like that so it to me that's you know for a new person that wants to really learn how to do setups and stuff it's that's good uh you can also download setups from other drivers you can also look at other drivers laps and um it's kind of like i speed if anybody's familiar with it but uh um, it's especially, uh, it's not as helpful to me on ovals as it is on road courses, which I don't do a lot of road courses cause, but, uh, seeing, you can see the brake points and the, the throttle points, um, see how much brake people are using as they're going into the corner, how much throttle they, when they're getting on the throttle coming out of a corner. So, uh, I think that's probably one of the easiest one, but one I didn't mention was voice attack, uh, that's probably one of the ones I couldn't live without when you said what, which ones you couldn't live without. It's voice attack. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things from voice attack. Um, you know, I don't run any software. I have ran ARX before. Uh, Ricky actually made a really good uh, dashboard for it that's got a lot of great detail on it. Um, I've tried doing things like telemetry and stuff like that. Uh, Motac was pretty difficult, I think. I think I had a trial maybe, or maybe it was I analyzed I had a trial, but um yeah guys, if you you know really want to get into it, I've heard great things about you know I analyze and about Motec and um ARX, not that it does telemetry, but is a really great uh software to use during races and you know we'll we'll definitely down the road get more into these things. We'll do more spotlights and things like that. But um these are two of the guys that out of the people that I know, know a lot about those softwares. Well, and I, I kind of look at I analyze as being a, a beginner's step for telemetry. Um, the really cool thing about it is that if you're in a test session and you're making changes and you run, go and run 10 laps and you come back in and you make another change and run 10 more laps and make another change and it's worse and you didn't save, you know, setups uh, as you went, you can go back in the software and download the setup uh, for, from that lap. You can scroll through your laps and download the setup from that exact lap, um, which is really cool. Uh, now, Motec, I kind of look at as an advanced telemetry. Um, I've gone through and I downloaded a workbook and then kind of built off of that and moved things around and created pages that I needed and have those ready to go. And uh, for instance, my, my homepage on my Motec has uh, just about everything on it, it has uh, tire pressures and um, high, ride heights and uh, fuel and uh, throttle and, and brake inputs and steering and has everything that I need on that one page and ride heights and all these things and um, the front splitter and so it's really cool um, to, to use although you do have to kind of load each lap into it um, or, or your, your log file rather you have to load that into Motec whereas I analyze automatically pulls it out um, but it's it's something that's really really cool. 
Yeah, definitely. And and like I said, we'll definitely have to uh in the future, you know, like really dive into I analyze and, and maybe Motech. Um we may possibly be able to work something out with some sort of I don't want to say giveaway, but some sort of deal with I analyze in the future. Um I think it'd be great to maybe talk setups in the future. Uh I don't think there's enough open racing because people find it too daunting or too hard. But um you know, I think all in all, uh, we could be a decent voice. I think we're decent at setups. I do a lot of stealing from you guys, but can make some changes to it from there. So I think um, all in all, it's been a great first episode. You guys dropped a lot of good knowledge, especially Ricky on the upcoming content and uh, a lot of good knowledge on ARX and I analyzed just now and um you know, I think we have a chance to to really dive deeper into this stuff later. Hey, Brian, with your uh, 80-20 rig, did you download the instructions and buy the aluminum? Is that how that works? Mine came in a kit, um, and it has some instructions with it. Um, and it kind of just came in bags, and you're kind of putting it together. Um, I think it took me about uh, two and a half hours, maybe three hours to get the rig and the, the triple monitor because I bought a little triple monitor mount along with it. That's also 8020. Um, it took a while to get it kind of all put together. Um, but I love it. I mean, it's, it's fully customizable so you can move your seat back however many inches you need. You can move your, your, uh, pedals forward or backwards or up or tilt them, whatever you need to do your steering wheel. You can move it. Um, I mean, it, you can move this thing any way that you can imagine um, by just, you know, uh, screwing in a couple pieces of uh, aluminum and, and building whatever you need to build with it. Yeah, that's awesome. I looked into an 80-20 rig, uh, but decided to go the easy route and bought the Abuto. I know Ricky probably helped sell me on it because of how much he likes his besides his seat. But, um... But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know what kind of equipment you had. I don't think we've ever actually talked about it before. Yeah, I don't think so either. But all right, guys, I guess uh, we're going to wrap it up here for episode one of the Hashtag Soon podcast. Uh, We'd like to hear some feedback from listeners. uh, And we'd like to know what you guys would like to hear about, what we can improve on. Uh, We're going to guess that microphone quality may be an issue on this first episode, we're going to work on that. I think we're going to potentially uh, record locally and send it all to one person to mix up. Um, you can contact us on our Facebook group. It has no members, so if you find it, don't worry. It's the right one. It's uh, hashtag soon in iRacing. I believe it's hashtag, I mean, not iRacing, in Facebook. I believe it's hashtag soon podcast. And uh, I guess that'll do it for episode one. See you guys next month.